Hello and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator coaching process at jeffmeyer.org. You can click on the Move Forward Anyway tab and watch all of these episodes in video form, or you can download wherever you like to get your podcasts from. I'm your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach, Jeff Meyer. Well, welcome back, successful dreamers. We are excited to share another conversation, another uh, episode of my podcast, Move Forward Anyway, with you today. And I'm really excited uh, personally to be reconnected with this gentleman that we're going to share the conversation with today, Evan Law. I met him uh, back in Philadelphia a few years ago when we were participating in an elite business um, intensive. And it's really good to see you again, Evan. Thank you for taking time uh, to be on my podcast today. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself, however you want to do that today. You have such a unique story, and I can't wait to share it with our audience. Evan, thanks for being here. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Jeff. So yeah, my name is Evan Law. I'm an immigration attorney. Um, I also help prepare law students for the bar exam. So we've just basically recently started a company called Lawflix, and uh, I write novels that help prepare law students for the bar exam. Uh, that actually came out of out of uh, me failing the bar several times. So we'll get into that a little bit. But um, I I'm very thrilled that we have the opportunity to uh, make these into movies. And I never thought I'd actually be saying that. But uh, immigration law is what my passion is. Uh, I did that through law school, and uh, I worked for the government for seven years adjudicating uh, visa denials that were then appealed to our office. And uh, now it's been a year and a half. I went out on my own for the first year, and now I've moved my law practice into a, a law firm here in Culpeper, Virginia. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the legal field and, and this little side hustle that I've got going on on the side. That's amazing. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family. I think it's important, uh, at least in my podcast, uh, to help people realize that this is never a solo effort. Uh, it involves a whole bunch of people, especially when we have a family. Uh, it involves our, our partner, our wives, or our husbands. Uh, it involves our children as well. I mean, even Gabe helping us get this call lined yeah. up today. That's right. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's so. right. So my wife, Heather, uh, is a beautiful mother of uh, five children. We've been uh, married since 2004. Um, you know, and even even as we talk about some of these failures about the bar exam, the other day I I realized something that uh, when I ended up working for the government, I didn't need to uh, pass the bar exam, and so I kind of just put it on the back burner. And um, when I came back to it, I really just said, you know, I think I want to conquer this mostly for the kids, so I can just tell them, look, I failed several times. I'm just gonna fight this and and pass this thing. And, you know, fast forward a number of years when I then decided to go into private practice, I was glad I did finally pass the bar because then I was ready to go out and have my own law practice. But the other day I was reminded of that when my son Gabe has just started ninth grade and and he went to, from having all A's and having this dream to go to the Air Force Academy and fly jets for the Air Force. All of a sudden he got his first B. 
<laughs> and he said, I don't know. I don't know if this is, if I'm cut out for this. <laughs> and I said, well, so let me tell you a little bit let about Let me tell you my story. <laughs> it's a little bit more than going from an A to a B. And you can pick yourself back up. And, and anyway, he's back into the, the mindset of thinking he can he can do it. So, you know, life is kind of like that. You have these little, this, this, uh, this these uh, lenses that you're looking through or this perspective you have that sometimes when you hear someone else's story, it helps you say, oh, wow, I can I can get through this. And watching your kids, watching you go through this uh, journey of this, you refer to it as a side hustle, um, are, are also helping teach them about their own dreams and about the, the need for perseverance and to hang in there and not quit, um, to move forward anyway, right? Even when you get a B. Um, so that's awesome. There's a there's a family journey that is happening for those of us who have families as they watch us pursue these things, and that's really rewarding. Uh, I, I bet for you when you see when you see Gabe, um, per, keep hanging in there, keep going with it, even though he feels like, oh my gosh, I got to be the world is going to end. Yeah, it's amazing how that that really happens. This this kind of interaction that um, we kind of each help each other along in a in a certain way, um, and sometimes it's even pulling us back down to reality. When I first uh, published my novel, I had this these big ideas of how I was going to become a best selling author right away, and just and it was going to be just this massive success. And then my wife's kind of brought me down <laughs> to reality very quickly, and 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 I took it as why are you deflating this dream? But I think there's there's something with with having dreams and then also be being associated with people that say, I understand and I love that you have that dream. Now here's the next step that you need to do in reality to make that happen. And I think that's what I love most about where I am now is that I've got this team working with this law flips program. And we recognize that it might take a few years for us to, to gain some success out of this, but we're committed to it and we're working forward with it and we're enjoying the journey along the way. I think when we were in Philadelphia um, and you were processing how to, use, how to use the book, the novel, and you were writing another novel at that point, I, I think, right, if, as I'm recalling, how to use them to actually help students pass the bar exam. And that was the business you were thinking of building. That's why you were in EBI with me as I was thinking about the dream accelerator for my book uh, and how to help people with their dreams. You, you never thought for a moment probably then that about um, law flicks. No, not at all. It just was beyond anything I would have comprehended and mostly because when you think of that you, you know you think movies are are something that you pitch something to somebody in Hollywood and and uh, before that you have like enormous success with the book and and rolling it out there's been so many more opportunities kind of made available through technology and just the growth of all these industries that have enabled regular people to kind of step out and do things like both you and I we've written novels that maybe 
I don't know, 40 years ago, it would have been so much harder for us to mm -hmm. convince somebody to invest in us, to go through all that. Um, but yeah, I never would have thought we'd be doing this thing called Lawflix. And uh, it's been so fun to even think about it. So I think there's a lesson in there that I'd like to kind of pull out, tease out a little bit. And that is that there are opportunities in front of you, if you're listening to this podcast today, um, that are never going to emerge or happen if you don't take the next step. Yeah. Um, so you had to take that, you had to take that next step to kind of use and figure out how to use the novel to help students pass the bar. And by pursuing that, now this whole new thing, this whole new door is opened up of possibility of taking um, a law and the study for the bar and your novels and turning them into movies, kind of like Netflix, right? Like Lawflix. I mean, that's where the idea probably came from, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's it's really been amazing that um, even the, the kind of struggle I had initially, I, because I, I I wrote my first novel accident, actually by accident. My, I was working for the government. I had a commute. Uh, quite some distance, but I was working a lot from home. And I, I came home one day and my wife had had all these books from the library about how to write novels. And, and I asked her what she was doing. And she said, well, I found this novel writing competition. And, and so after a while, I just thought, okay, I want to give it a try. And, and then I found I was hooked in, in just developing plot and all this. And what I struggled with when I, I came up with the idea to, to help me pass the bar exam, that's when I started using what I had written, tying it to the legal principles. And then when I thought about doing it as, as like a side hustle type thing, I thought, I don't know if I want to do the work of that. I think I'd just rather write my regular novels, not include the law, because that's just so much work. And, and I don't think anyone will even go for that. Um, but then as time has gone on, I've realized, okay, I'm not John Grisham, but I find my stories are interesting enough that I think it's a, it's a perfect match adding the legal principles in. And now that's what drives this, is that I see this purpose behind the novels. And that's what makes me most excited now is, is that, especially when you think of these, these legal issues keep developing. And so I'm always gonna have content to write about. It'll never end, right? Yeah, that's right. And now with the movies or with the TV series that we'd like to roll out, um, I, I just think it, it's it's uh, something I'm glad I stayed with it and kind of fought through that internal struggle I had. And now I'm to the point where I just am doing it for the passion of it. So you're the spark for your dream uh, came with a combination of you failing the bar. How many times did you fail it? Yeah, so I failed it three times. Three finally, times you failed yeah, finally, the bar. Yep. Finally passed on the fourth time after I started writing these these novels. And actually that day, I, when I took the exam, I actually enjoyed being there because I had prepped myself with what I had written that I just felt like I, I was much more kind of in ownership of what the situation. Had. So your writing helped you pass the bar on the fourth attempt. Yeah, that, that's right, yeah. So three strikes and you're out, that does not apply. 
That's right. Yeah. And, and I think that's really where my passion has come with this as well, is because I know what effect this had on me. My confidence went way down, um, just all across the board. It took me a, a several years to really recover from that and kind of the stigma that I put on myself for failing the bar exam. Uh, and, and then to, to have met other people who failed the bar, it's like I just have this drive to help people avoid what I went through. Your dream was born out of, quote unquote, your failure. Yeah. And then you did something about it. You did something to help you overcome that, pass the bar, and now you have a story to help others uh, do the same. That's, uh, that's remarkable. I think the other, the other spark I hear about your dream is your bride, your wife brought home books on writing novels. And so it wasn't even, it wasn't even a thought to you, really. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's the amazing part about it is that so many people kind of make up the tapestry of our lives that we probably don't realize. And it's just remarkable how that happens. Absolutely. So you mentioned a little bit ago that you didn't think you wanted to do all the work. Talk to me a little bit about some of the, the barriers, the obstacles. I mean, this podcast is called Move Forward Anyway for a reason. And that is yeah. there is no dream pursuit that is going to be clean and straightforward and without obstacles or pain or even fear. So you have that. I've had that. Talk to me about some of those moments and and then ultimately, what did you do to keep going for it, to keep striving to move forward anyway? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, so the biggest daunting part of this was that I was looking at how to help law students prepare for the bar. And I realized, I mean, as, as you look at it, there's, there's a uniform bar exam that at the time 20 or 25 states had, which was kind of just one size fits all uh, exam material. The others had a combination of these multiple choice questions and the essays. And as I kind of dove in, I initially I, I felt very uh, reluctant to to kind of keep going with it because I thought, oh wow, I don't I don't want to put myself out there as somebody who's an expert in every state's law. I mean, that's something that I mean. Supreme Court justices are dealing with those kinds of things. Um, and, and yet I, I still wanted to provide something that had the widest reach. And so what I ultimately landed on was looking at the multiple choice questions that apply in all jurisdictions. And I really focused on those and realized that somebody does very well on that segment of the bar exam, it's really gonna put them in a strong position to do well on the essays. And so then I drew those legal principles out of uh, the, the materials I licensed from the National Conference of Bar Examiners. Um, and, and then I, I put those into the novel and built the novel around those. The, the second novel, I did the same thing. So between the two novels, I had about 130 principles of law. They're kind of these foundational pieces. And from there, that kind of gave me the the uh, enough of a size work that I said, okay, this is manageable and I think it's effective. And every time I was kind of at the point of giving up or, or something, 
someone would send me an email or something and say, hey, your books really helped me. Your course, you know what I mean? This, this is what I needed. I've been struggling for all this time and this finally helped me. And I thought, wow, this is, this is, uh, this is making a difference. And so those kind of things helped me push through the, the barriers that I had. And, and now I'm just committed to it. There's, there's no going back now. No going back now. <laughs> <laughs> we taught one of the things we talk about in the Dream Accelerator um, is it's very important to keep in mind our who, who are we helping? Um, what is their persona? And so what a gift to have people having read your book, gone through the, the preparation, reach out to you and say, this is helping me. So you had, you had re reminders from your who at strategic points in the journey, giving you the courage to keep moving forward anyway. That is, um, that's an amazing gift. Yeah, it really is, you know, when, and, and I would say that's also very similar to the, to the kind of people that are planting seeds along the way of kind of these little encouragements. Um, years ago, I had this experience where it kind of blew my mind in, in, in uh, church one day, I was, I was to give this kind of fill-in lesson in Sunday school on developing your talents. And I remember uh, just thinking, okay, I, I've kind of got that. I, I think it'll be fine. And and one of the one of the women that was attending that class had a friend that came into town, and he ended up. Uh, his, his name was Richard Paul Evans. He's an internationally known best-selling author, and so he was going to be in the class. And I oh thought, oh no, <laughs> here I'm teaching this class on developing your talents. But one of the things that he mentioned is that one of the things that, that got him started was just a compliment of a brother-in-law who said, wow, you really have a gift at writing. And that always stuck with me. It's just that uh, our interactions with people can be so small in the form of like a compliment that can really transform a lot of things. And, and so it's hard to really look back and piece together what exactly built this up. Um, but I know that there, you know, there's, there's miracles going on around about us all the time. Yeah. And it's not just one thing. It's a, I loved how you described it earlier, a tapestry of um, people and situations and circumstances. If we're just, if we just open our eyes and are a little bit aware and we can reflect on some, some of the common threads along the way, it might open you up as you're listening to this to um, really understand that you have a unique gift to offer the world. And there has been, whether you believe in God or not, there has been some sort of divine presence, however you define that, right? That has along the way, just dropped these little seeds of encouragement that, that, that God is trying to show you, um, your dream must live. Yeah. It it's needs to be out there to bless bless the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, how many how many novels have you written? So I have two that are published: uh, "Son of a Sleeper Spy" and then "Defiance." That one's a Russian political thriller. Um, the and I <laughs> I struggle with not telling you the whole plot of both of them. So 
The third one is called Silent Encroachment. That one's in the works, and we may jump to that one straight to a movie if this takes okay. off how we'd like. So we'll see how it goes. And then we also have an idea for a TV series. We haven't settled on the title of that, but but I've got the I've got the lead actor. It's kind of like that Beatles song. You've got a driver and then you need a car. Well, yeah. we're trying to get both of those. Yeah, it's good. So uh, I'm assuming all these books are available on Amazon. Yeah. And you have an author's page? I do, yeah. It's just uh, it's under EJ Law. Um, you EJ can find Law. Uh, okay. You can find both novels there, uh, Son of a Sleeper Spy and Defiance. Uh, the other website we have is lawflix.us. Uh, and that's until I'm in a payment arrangement until we can get lawflix.com. I guess someone else had that idea years ago. And now I'm paying for it. <laughs> now you're paying for it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, that'll be fun to check that out. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the internal fears that you struggled with along the way. How would you name those? How would you categorize the fears, the kind of the, the, I find for me, um, for me, uh, distraction is a thing that I get caught up in and it's really a fear. There's a motivating fear behind my ability to easily get distracted and get off focus. Um, there's a fear behind that. And like when I wrote my book, there was a fear of uh, imposter syndrome. Like I was going to be found out that everything I wrote in my book, I don't live out perfectly. Someone's going to find out that I'm not perfect in all this stuff. And uh, that's a fear that I wrestle with. What, what were some of your fears? Yeah, there, there was a lot of that. You know, when I talked about rebuilding my confidence, there was, a, uh, especially in the bar prep industry, um, a lot of these bar prep companies have things where they say, look, we, you know, we have attorneys that went to Ivy League schools, we have all of this stuff. And, and at the end, it took me a while before I could say, well, you know what I've got? I've taken the bar exam four times, so I know what's on it. <laughs> you know, um, or so I'm looking at what experiences have I had. And, and some of them have been just for me to realize, oh, wow, this question shows up shown up three out of the four times on the exam and I missed it those three times it was just one question and it, it took me so long to get that and and I think with the the imposter syndrome as well for me that, that one also comes from this um, you know this this world we live in that I can put up I mean if you look at my LinkedIn page it probably looks way more polished than it should I mean, I don't really know what I should do other than maybe put a video on there where people can say, look, I'm where I can say I'm a down to earth attorney that just makes mistakes and all these other kinds of things. But but maybe at the podcast, maybe put the podcast on there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think what it comes down to is I, I finally just recognize, OK, I have those inhibitions, but I can't let that hold me back. Because what I want to do is to put this out there and say, I think this will help you and avoid what I went through while also entertaining you. And then you also look at some of the other things that people love. You, you look at something like Jeopardy. People love kind of this educational type entertainment. 
And so when I think about it in those terms, it's kind of like, it doesn't matter that I didn't go to an Ivy League school. If I have a great idea and I think I can get a team around me that can put it together and let's move forward with it. And that's what I have. I, I can't do the acting like our lead actor does. When we had so much fun when we were in DC, just watching him act, I had hardly given him any scripts and he's just off the cuff taking over this role. And it was just phenomenal. I'll have That's to send cool. you some video clips just so you can see oh, how, how good this I would absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, you're just giving us so much encouragement today. Um, you know, as you think about the, the audience for this podcast, there's, there's people that have an idea, they, they have this, I, I call it dormant. It's been, it's been pushed down uh, by their own fears, by external voices, but it's also not just dormant, it's persistent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't leave them alone. Um, but they really don't believe that they can, they can do it. What would you say to the audience watching today, listening to this podcast, um, from your own perspective, your own journey, what would you say to them if they're, they're like, yeah, that sounds good. I just don't think I could pull it off. I would say, take a chance. Uh, and I would say, make sure, I mean, it's kind of like within the realms of reality. You wanna make sure your relationships are intact. You wanna make mm. sure you don't do anything illegal. But beyond that, take the chance and learn from it because it could open up the door of the next thing that will just ignite a passion within you. And it might just be that you're inspiring someone else while they're finding their way. But it is, it's just too risky to leave it untouched. Mm. You just go out there and explore it and find your way. I, I just think, uh, had I not written that first novel and even, even just, the fact that I thought it was going to be so successful, I think I needed that so that then when I could come back down to reality, I could say, okay, I know what it feels like for people to, to kind of get discouraged that they set the dream so high. And then when they didn't reach it, they just felt so, uh, I don't know, so empty from, it. but really what, it, what it should do is just say, okay, I haven't done it yet, or I haven't found the way or maybe there's a better way and um and i i think just taking that risk i think that's the thing with entrepreneurialism that i i never realized before is that it is risk taking yeah. uh, and like i said you just need to manage it by keeping your relationships fine and, and everything everything still checking out in your life but um but it really is that moment where you say, I'm just going to try this. We're going to go forward with it and then see where it takes. I love that. Uh, there is a risk in not pursuing it. Yeah. Uh, regret is a really, really big burden to carry. Yeah. Um, there is a risk in going for it, but I think the risk is greater in not going for it. I also loved, you said, um, maybe I haven't done it yet. Yet doesn't mean that that I always will not do it. It means I haven't done it yet. Right. Tomorrow could be the day that I actually take a step to pursue it. Yeah. Um, and I love what you said about uh, risk. Don't do anything illegal and make sure your relationships are intact. Yeah. 
So don't take the risk without your wife or your husband or your children being involved with it at some level, knowing what, what you're doing. Um, so, okay, so you've done this now. You've actually helped some law students pass the bar. Do you have, do you have any kind of um, statistics of how, how much your process helps law students? Yeah, so we're, we're kind of limited on, on that in part because I, I'm not great at marketing. So we haven't gotten this widespread to the knowledge of, of most law students. One of those things I think is, is uh, on me in that I've, I've been reluctant to even let all the law schools know about the program yet because I've thought, oh, I want to I get it perfected to a higher level. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but you know, as we looked at the numbers that we rolled out, and and I probably shouldn't admit this on the air, but I did follow everybody who was um, getting the novel and and in the the uh, the bar preparation process. And to my knowledge, all of them passed the bar. Wow! Uh, and so it, you know, it's not a large uh, number that we were assessing at that time, um, but. I'm confident that what we what we're offering uh, really helps people prepare for it. It's not to say it's a guarantee. We we do want to with the courses we'll be rolling out. We do want to eventually have a guarantee. Actually, in my novel, the lead one of the lead characters is his name is Marcus Emery, a law professor, and he develops a bar passage program that has a hundred percent passage rate, and that's our goal eventually. So, um, wow. we're yeah we're hoping we can. We can roll this out and uh, and then achieve that, and I think we will. A lot of what you find with other bar prep programs is that they have a their guarantee is based on if you finish seventy five percent of our course, we we guarantee you'll pass or something. And and so the real problem is is that it's such a boring and tedious process of studying for the bar that people just aren't they don't have the the uh, the persistence to finish the course. And, and we're trying to add this entertainment value that says, why not? You want to watch the, the next episode, right? You know? Yeah. And so we're hoping that that really comes together. So the principle of uh, a lot of dreams are answering a problem. Uh, your, your problem that you're answering is twofold. One is that a lot of people fail the bar exam. Um, including yourself three times. And the other, the other problem is it's a very tedious, boring process to prepare for it. Yeah. And you are, you are solving both of those huge problems um, with your approach. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my goal ultimately is to get this disseminated to so many law students that we help the bar passage rates actually rise because they haven't. For many years, they've been going down. And what that means is just people, law students have put so much time and, and expense into getting their law degree that then not being able to move forward with it, they're left with this huge debt load. And so I want to help people avoid that. We'll, we'll see over the next two to five years yeah. how this works out, but I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, you should be. It's, it's awesome. And for those of us who are never going to take the bar exam, uh, the, those novels are still entertaining and, and probably uh, would give me a little bit more knowledge about 
law in general, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's where I bring up uh, just you know people's love of Jeopardy. It's just it's just enjoyable to learn a little bit more about different uh, you know specialties and the legal field. It just is so broad. It it um, you know people always say that you know you hate people hate attorneys until they need one. Well, until you need one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's one of those things, but, but I think there are also um, a lot of interesting parts of the legal field that, that kind of when you look at even what Don Grisham has done with, with legal thrillers, the, the kind of intrigue of the courtroom experience and, and just this whole uh, attorney-like experience, it has just an element of, of drama to it. That's really what law it's people bringing their dramatic problems to an attorney and saying okay walk me through this or, or whatever uh, so it, it's a perfect uh match with entertainment i think so i want to give you a chance now to just speak really directly to the audience um knowing that there's people here watching they're thinking about their dream what would you like to, in closing and conclusion, before we get to all the details about how people can reach out to you or learn more about what you're doing, um, what would you like to say to them directly? Yeah, I would say, look at all the dreams you have. I mean, write them all out and, and then ask yourself, what are the next steps I can take on any number of these? And I mean, even I'll, I'll take a little side note and say, you know, Jeff, when we first met, one of the initial conversations we had about you being from Madison, I said, oh, have you seen the Madison Scouts, the drum corps, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, and one of my dreams was to be in drum corps years ago. I never made that. But I look at now, uh, I can write that out and say, okay, I don't have any regrets having prepared for a drum corps, but now what can I do? And I, I'll just put a little thing out there. One of my dreams is to, I've got this musical uh, arrangement that I'd love to put forth for a drum corps to to kind of put together. It has a little immigrant uh, feel to it with a number of pieces of more on that later on, but look at yeah. the Moldau is what that comes from, uh, from the composer Smetanov. Anyway, um, look, write out all your dreams and ideas and just look at what are some of these that I can just chip away at just for my own enjoyment, for my own drive and passion. And then look at just what happens. The people that are placed around you that will provide you encouragement or uh, fill in the gaps for what you don't have to, to get there. And then just move forward. It's, I kind of view every day now as it's like its own adventure. Even wow. if it's only an adventure within an hour of my time working on my side hustle, that's an adventure I'm not going to miss. And so I would say just go forward with it and, and ignite your passion and just have fun. I love it. That's an adventure I'm not going to miss. I appreciate that. Well, this has been really good reconnecting with you. It's been way too long. Let's stay connected. Uh, I'd love to hear and watch uh, more of your story. Um, thank you for the encouragement you brought me in Philadelphia, the encouragement you brought me today by being on my podcast and adding value to my life and sharing your story. I really, really appreciate it. Um, how can people find out more about what you're doing? Where would you like them to go? Yeah, I think the best place would be to go to the lawflix.us. Uh, you can also find me. I'm at the law firm of Ahard and Willis in Culpeper, Virginia. 
Um, and between those two, you can send me a note either through the law firm's website or, or on the lawflix.us site. Uh, we'll be rolling out some Kickstarter things down the road. So all of that will be up on the, the uh, kicks, uh, on the website. Awesome. Thank you so much. Deep uh, love to you and your family. And uh, even though I've never met them, I appreciate them. I appreciate their part in your life uh, and the, all the help you're bringing. Um, your family has a big part in that. And uh, enjoy your kids. They grow up way too fast. Um, and, and thank you for the time today. Oh, thank you, Jeff. It's been great connecting. And, and thanks so much for being in touch. Absolutely. Hey, fellow dreamer, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all the show notes and links. And remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.